Okay, Eric, this is day 164. Wow. It feels like only yesterday was day 163. Yeah, it was. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, I tell you, it just keeps going. I know half of it's you amazing. out there just put your hand on your face, like total face palmed. Um, yeah. And that's okay. Either that or, or you rolled your eyes. Yeah, something. Or you sneezed, bless you. There's, yeah, bless you. You just never know. At some, So this is going to be out there forever. At some point, someone will be listening to this and yes. sneeze at that point, and we yeah. said, bless you. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And we were thinking of you when we did it. Right. Get a Kleenex and wash your hands. Yeah, that's disgusting. It's gross. Okay. And you have to spend the rest of the day outside of the camp yeah. because you're unclean. Unclean. <laughs> unclean. Unclean. Hey, so uh, we read a lot yesterday about the details and the furnishings of the palace and of Solomon's uh, personal his, I'm sorry, his palace, and then the temple. Yeah, sorry. Right. Yeah, sorry. Mix up my words. Um, yeah, pretty amazing stuff. Lots of details. We're going to get back into uh, the narrative here in 1 Kings chapter 8, and this is titled, The Ark Brought to the Temple. Solomon then summoned to Jerusalem the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the ancestral families of the Israelites. They were to bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant to the temple from its location in the city of David, also known as Zion. It's Jerusalem. So all the men of Israel assembled before King Solomon at the annual festival of shelters, which is held in early autumn in the month of Ethanim. When all the elders of Israel arrived, the priests picked up the ark. The priests and the Levites brought up the ark of the Lord along with the special tent and all the sacred items that had been in it. Therefore, before the ark, King Solomon and the entire community of Israel sacrificed. So many sheep, goats, and cattle that no one could keep count. Just kept them going. Yeah. Into another. Then the priests carried the Ark of the Lord's Covenant into the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and placed it beneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings over the Ark, forming a canopy over the Ark and its carrying poles. These poles were so long that their ends could be seen could be seen from the holy place, which is in front of the most holy place, but not from the outside. They are still there to this day. Nothing was in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had placed in it at Mount Sinai, where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they left the land of Egypt. When the priest came out of the holy place, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priest could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of the Lord. Solomon praises the Lord. Then Solomon prayed, O Lord, you have said that you would live in a thick cloud of darkness. Now I have built a glorious temple for you, a place where you can live forever. Then the king turned around to the entire community of Israel, standing before him, and gave this blessing, saying, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept the promise he had made to my father David. For he told my father, From the day I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I have never chosen a city among any of the tribes of Israel as a place where a temple should be built to honor my name. But I've chosen David to be king over my people Israel. Then Solomon said, My father David wanted to build this temple to honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord told him, You wanted to build the temple to honor my name. Your intention is good, but you are not the one to do it. One of your own sons will build the temple to honor me. And now the Lord has fulfilled the prophecy he made, for I have become king in my father's place. And now I sit on the throne of Israel, just as the Lord promised. I have built this temple to honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. And I prepared a place there for the ark, which contains the covenant of the Lord made with her ancestors when he brought them out of Egypt. Solomon's prayer of dedication. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the entire community of Israel. He lifted his hands toward heaven and he prayed, O Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you in all of heaven above or on the earth below. 
you keep your covenant and show unfailing love to all who walk before you in wholehearted devotion. You've kept your promise to your servant David, my father. You made that promise with your own mouth and with your own hands you have fulfilled it today. And now, O Lord, God of Israel, carry out the additional promise you made to your servant David, my father. For you said to him, If your descendants guard their behavior and faithfully follow me as you have done, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. Now, O God of Israel, fulfill this promise to your servant David, my father. But will God really live on earth? Why, even in the highest heavens, why even the highest heavens cannot contain you? How much less this temple I have built? Nevertheless, listen to my prayer and my plea, O Lord my God. Hear the cry of the prayer that your servant is making to you today. May you watch over this temple night and day, this place where you have said, My name will be there. May you always hear the prayers I make toward this place. May you hear the humble and earnest requests from me and your people, Israel, when we pray toward this place. Yes, hear us from heaven where you live, and when you hear, forgive. If someone wrongs another person and is required to take an oath of innocence in front of your altar in the temple, then hear from heaven and judge between your servants, the accuser and the accused. Punish the guilty as they deserve. Acquit the innocent because of their innocence. If your people Israel are defeated by their enemies because they have sinned against you, and if they turn to you and acknowledge your name and pray to you here in this temple, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel and return them to this land you gave their ancestors. If the skies are shut up and there's no rain because of your people have sinned against you, and if they pray toward this temple and acknowledge your name and turn from their sins because you have punished them, then... Hear from heaven and forgive the sins of your servants for your people Israel. Uh, teach them to follow the right path. Send them rain on the land that you've given to your people as their special possession. If there's a famine in the land or plague or crop disease or attacks of locusts or caterpillars, or if your people's enemies are in the land besieging their towns, whatever disaster or disease there is, and if your people Israel pray about their troubles, raising their hands toward this temple, then hear Hear from heaven where you live and forgive. Give your people what their actions deserve, for you alone know each human heart. Then they will fear you as long as they live in the land that you gave to our ancestors. In the future, foreigners who do not belong to your people Israel will hear of you. They will come from distant lands because of your name. For they'll hear your great name and your strong hand and powerful arm. And when they pray toward this temple, then hear from heaven where you live and grant what they ask of you. In this way, all the people of the earth will come to know and fear you, just as your own people Israel do. They, too, will know that this temple I have built honors your name. If your people go out where you send them to fight their enemies, and if they pray to the Lord by turning toward the city you have chosen and toward this temple I have built to honor your name, then hear their prayers from heaven and uphold their cause. If they sin against you, and who has, and who has never sinned, you might become angry with them and let their enemies conquer conquer them and take them captive through the land far or near. But in that land of exile, they might turn to you in repentance and pray, we have sinned, done evil, and acted wickedly. If they turn to you with their whole heart and soul in the land of their enemies and pray toward the land that you gave their ancestors, toward this city you have chosen, and toward the temple I built to honor your name, then hear their prayers and the petitions from heaven where you live and uphold their cause. Forgive your people who have sinned against you. Forgive all the offenses you have committed against you. Make their captors merciful to them. For they are your people, your special possession, whom you brought out of the iron-smelting furnace of Egypt. May your eyes be open to my requests and to the requests of your people, Israel. May you hear and answer them whenever they cry out to you. For when you brought our ancestors out of Egypt, O sovereign Lord, you told your servant Moses that you had set Israel apart from all the nations of the earth to be your own special possession. 
the dedication of the temple. When Solomon finished making these prayers uh, and petitions to the Lord, he stood up in front of the altar of the Lord, where he had been kneeling with his hands raised toward the heaven. He stood and in a loud voice blessed the entire congregation of Israel. Praise the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all the wonderful promises he gave through his servant Moses. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors. May he never leave us or abandon us. May he give us the desire to do his will in everything and to obey all the commands, decrees, and regulations that he gave our ancestors. And may these words that I have prayed in the presence of the Lord be before him constantly, day and night, so that the Lord our God may give justice to me and to his people Israel according to each day's needs. Then people all over the earth will know that the Lord alone is God and there is no other. And may you be completely faithful to the Lord our God. May you always obey his decrees and commands just as you are doing today. Then the king of all Israel, then the king and all Israel with him offered sacrifices to the Lord. Solomon offered to the Lord a peace offering of 22,000 cattle, 120,000 sheep, and goats. And so the king and all the people of Israel dedicated the temple of the Lord. That same day, the king consecrated the central area of the courtyard in front of the Lord's temple. He offered burnt offerings, grain offerings, and the fat of peace offerings there because the bronze altar in the Lord's presence was too small to hold all the burnt offerings, grain offerings, and the fat of the peace offerings. Then Solomon and all Israel celebrated the festival of shelters in the presence of the Lord our God. A large congregation had gathered from as far away as Lebo Hamath in the north of the brook of Egypt in the south. The celebration went on for 14 days in all, seven days for the dedication of the altar, seven days for the festival of the shelters. After the festival was over, Solomon sent the people home. They blessed the king and went to their homes joyful and glad because the Lord had been good to his servant David and to his people Israel. Second Chronicles chapter 5. So Solomon finished all his work on the temple of the Lord. Then he brought all the gifts of his father David all the gifts his father David had dedicated, the silver, the gold, and the various articles, and he stored them up in the treasuries of the temple of God. The ark brought to the temple. Solomon then summoned to Jerusalem the elders of Israel and all the heads of tribes, the leaders of the ancestral families of Israel. They were to bring the ark of the Lord's covenant to the temple from its location in the city of David, also known as Zion. So all the men of Israel assembled before the king at the annual festival of shelters, which is held in early autumn. When all the elders of Israel alive, the, arrived, the Levites picked up the ark. The priests and Levites brought up the ark along with the special tent and all the sacred items that had been in it. There, before the ark, King Solomon and the entire community of Israel sacrificed so many sheep, goats, and cattle that no one could keep count. And the priests carried the ark of the Lord's covenant into the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and placed it beneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread out their wings over the ark, forming a canopy over the ark and its carrying poles. These poles were so long that their ends could be seen from the holy place, which is in front of the most holy place, but not from the outside. They are still there to this day. Nothing was in the ark except two stone tablets that Moses had placed in it at Mount Sinai, where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they left Egypt. Then the priests left the holy place. All the priests who were present had purified themselves, whether or not they were on duty that day. And the Levites who were musicians, Asaph, Heman, Jeduthun, mm. and all their sons and brothers were dressed in fine linen robes and stood at the east of the altar playing cymbals, lyres, and harps. They, they were joined by 120 priests who were playing trumpets. The trumpeters and singers performed together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they raised their voices and praised the Lord with these words. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. 
At that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. Okay. He-Man makes another appearance. And he Probably is, his last one, I would have to guess. He is he's dressed, getting old. He's dressed fine here. He is. I mean, they just hooked that guy up. I yeah. Mean, he, he always rides in, you know, with fashion. And, yeah. I mean, he's like, man. Typically, when I see He-Man, I don't think, wow, he's well-dressed. Yeah, he's well built, but he's also yeah. well dressed. I yeah. mean, that guy. Today he is. Yeah, he just he knows. Probably how had to, some pomegranates embroidered ready, on knows, there. He knows to get ready for how, how to get ready for a party. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Well, hey. Okay. That was a good one. It's it's uh, more of the more of the continuation of I don't want to say more of the same, but it's a continuation of this temple story and and. You got to think about what a transition this is for the Israelites. This is huge. It's a huge deal. So I think we maybe lose track of that. But with that in mind, Chip. Yeah. What's our application today? Yeah. So I think you know there's there's a prayer in here. There's some praying going on. Yeah. And with that praying, I think it's kind of a little bit of a model. Now prayer is an, an exhaustive topic. Mm-hmm. Talk about mm-hmm. for years, <laughs> a long time. Um, it's a it's exhaustive. There's so many parts of prayer. It's a big part of of the, the the Christian life, and it's a big part of Scripture, and it, it, it's awesome. And it's it, it's awesome in the fact that we connect with the God of the universe, you know. And so I think we have an example here that um, prayer should contain an aspect of, of, of praise, mm-hmm. you know. And then there was this uh, um, devotion and kind of dedication in there as well. So praise, devotion, dedication, this... Praise, you know, he starts off with that, and, and, and you know, you can, you don't have to. I, I think it's a good thing because you start off with praise, um, and, and sometimes you start with praise and then you end with praise in your prayer. Yeah. In the middle is all kinds of stuff, but but with the praise, really, is you start off with how great God is, how amazing He is, and then when you get to that point, you realize how bad you are. Right. And so then there's that that um, mm-hmm. dedication in there, and, and um, I dedicate my life to you, and these things to you, and and um, and then uh, the devotion, you know, will follow you, love you, live for you, and and dev- devote the people to you, but uh, you know, all things to you. And so those are very important. But in that prayer, I do want to highlight one thing where they uh, talked about the wicked people. Mm. The wicked people, the evil people. And if they turn to you with their whole heart and soul in the land of enemies and pray toward the land you give them, you know, they, they could be forgiven. Their prayers can be heard. And they got to turn back to the Lord. And so we, we are seeing today in our time a lot of evil, wicked people mm-hmm. rising to prominence. And having a say, and and that's always been the case, but I think that's it's become more heightened today. We're more aware of it today, and it's known. And so I think what I wrestle with, and I think a lot of people wrestle with, especially in the church world today, um, where we 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 villainize those people, and we should because of the things they're doing and the right. decisions they're making. But but I have to remind myself: these wicked people. It seems impossible. It seems improbable. They can turn. They can. Right? They can turn from their sins. They can turn from their evil ways. We've seen that over again in Scripture. I've seen that in my life, your life, and the life of other people that we've witnessed. That's the good news of the gospel of Jesus. Like, it's for everybody, even wicked, evil people. So our, our prayer of dedication and devotion after the praise 
Because the praise is like, thank you for saving me. Thank you for who you are and what you've done and what you will do. But also, now we get to this dedication and devotion and we pray for these evil people. We want them to turn. You know, we want them to change. And, and you know, sometimes we want them to burn. <laughs> and some of them will. But we want them to change. And we should because that could be us. It was us. Yeah. And it, great things can happen. So I think for me and I think for all of us, it's a good takeaway is, is pray for these wicked, evil people. Yes, they are wicked and evil, and yes, they deserve to be punished, and they will, if They, but they can turn, and that would be awesome. That would be amazing, yeah. and that's what we can pray for today. So I'm sure you have the list of evil, wicked people uh, on your radar. So I it's, a, right, it's right here. Do you need it? I don't, oh, okay. but you need oh, okay. yeah. it, and you add it to your prayer list yes. and pray for those people. And, and so that's the takeaway today. I love that. I love that. Yeah, and it's, it's great because Solomon is just asking God to make that an option. Can you, you know, God, make it so that these people can turn to you. And now we know that that, mm-hmm. you know, that's totally an option. It's an option. Yeah, it's totally an option. Yeah. So he's begging just for that to be an option. And meanwhile, we flash forward in history and, man. It's, it, it's it, what makes grace so scandalous. Yes. Crazy. Yep. When evil people can change their life. And we see it happen in prison a lot, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, it's 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 an amazing thing. Very true. Mm-hmm. Very true. So, uh, okay, so where's Jesus? Actually, there's a couple places in this prayer that are very Jesusful. Uh, two of them are questions. And they're supposed to be rhetorical questions. And the thing about a rhetorical oh, question yeah. is that the answer is assumed, yeah. right? Yeah. The answer is assumed. So um, how about this question? Okay. Let me ask you this, Chip. Okay. I want you to, I'm going to ask, and then I want you to tell me what Solomon's assumed answer is and then what the real answer is. Oh, gee. But will God really live on earth? Yes. He will. Solomon didn't think so. That's yeah. why he said yeah. that question. You know, is God really going to live on earth? He's live here. Yeah, I know he's going to stop by the temple. And he kept saying, yeah. when they pray toward this temple, you'll hear from heaven where you live. Yeah. But will God really live on earth? Yes. In yes. fact, he did. And, and will again. Yes, he will. Yes. Uh, how about this one? I, this isn't a question, but I love this line. In the future, foreigners who do not belong to your people Israel will hear of you. Yeah. So fascinating mm-hmm. over and over again that's the message of the mm-hmm. parables of jesus mm-hmm. that it's going to be the people in the highways and the hedges yeah, right like yeah. beyond the nation of israel you know and then of course that was the message of the apostles uh, particularly peter and paul we see in scripture yep. going to gentiles yep. and so it's very interesting that that was a mark of the glory of god to solomon yeah was not this centralized israel first whatever but he could see that God's glory was leading to a point where everyone was going to see the, mm-hmm. the, the beauty, the goodness, the glory of God, um, and they'll believe, you know? And so yeah, uh, yeah. He's, he's foreseeing this. He doesn't know how. We know how. It's Jesus. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, it probably stood out to a lot of people if you're starting to train yourself to look for Jesus in these texts, which you should be, uh, it probably stood out to you, verse 46 here, if they sinned against you, and who's never sinned? Yeah. Well, his anticipated or assumed answer is no one has never sinned, but there is one mm. who never sinned. Mm-hmm. And so we see Jesus again. So he's all over the place in this prayer. It's very beautiful. Um, the the picture that Jesus kind of, when you think about Jesus, reread this prayer, think about Jesus if you didn't the first time, and you're going to see him all over the place. It's pretty amazing. So that's where Jesus is in the text today. Okay. So, Great. 
Hey guys, we are just 10 seconds away from 20 minutes today. And yep. so we're going to fill this time with uh, Seven, a song from Eric. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Here we go. 